This is SG2 Perspectives, a conversation with SG2 experts and industry thought leaders about the biggest trends in healthcare and what we expect that's going to mean for the future of healthcare delivery. Fundamentally, it's a cost issue. The total cost of care can be decreased as you move procedures from the hospital to an outpatient freestanding site. And the payers know this. If you're in a value-based or risk-based arrangement, just the fact of managing those site of care shifts, you'll lower the total cost of care, even if the outcomes are no different. That's the brutal reality. Welcome to SG2 Perspectives. I'm your host for today's podcast, Jamie Zage. Today, I am joined by my colleagues, Jennifer O'Connor, a principal on SG2's intelligence team, and Mike Streleski, senior principal and lead consultant for SG2's physician strategy consulting. Here at SG2, we've been talking about ambulatory shift for many years. Our impact to change forecast shows strong growth in surgical procedures, in hospital outpatient, ASCs, and even in the physician office setting. Even though CMS elimination of the inpatient-only list is on hold, value-based care initiatives, consumer preferences, and provider relationships are still going to continue to shift procedures to the outpatient setting. To help health system leaders more strategically make this shift, my colleagues, Jennifer and Mike, have been working on putting together a strategy accelerator, a six-week interactive program that will focus on understanding the impact of the shift, including investigating the important alignment with the right physician groups. Given the intensity of their effort, I thought our listening audience would appreciate hearing some of these key insights that they're developing. Mike, given the outlook on these surgical procedures in the ambulatory space, what's the impact on health systems? What are you talking about with our members in terms of that? Yeah, this is probably the biggest topic we've been tackling for the last 12 months, this shift from the hospital to new sites of care, the ASC as an expansion opportunity or a threat. And Honestly, this has been a difficult topic for a lot of health system leaders to wrap their arms around. On one hand, you're seeing revenue leave the hospital, which is a bad thing, particularly now, but I don't know that that's any different than the past. And now it's, how do we partner? How much of that revenue do we actually convert to profit? And it's often cases less than what you have today. So it's a complicated issue and one that we're tackling all the time. Yeah, Mike, I'm always struck when I hear you discussing this with our members that this shift, which Jamie's right, we've been talking about outpatient shift at SG2 for 15 years. It's not that the concept is new, but it feels like it has really accelerated to the point where our members who may have been able to make that a lower priority. We may have been able to ignore that for a little while. We had some other things to deal with, right? It feels like now the pace is accelerating. There are things happening in people's markets where this has the potential to fundamentally reshape what we think about as the core business for our acute care facilities, particularly for some of our community hospitals. You do such a good job of helping people understand that this is really an important topic, and, and we just can't put it off anymore. That's a really good perspective, Jennifer, that acceleration, right? And when we think about what's happening right now, and we think about the risk that health systems have if they really aren't in control of where they're going, and we know the financial risk, that's obvious. What else is at risk here if the leadership doesn't know where they're going to go in this ambulatory space? It seems obvious, but when we have these discussions, 
we often look at leadership teams and say, folks, do you want half of something or do you want none of something? Because that's what we're talking about here. Business that is in your acute care facility today, going to another site of care that is not part of your system. It is not part of your system of care. It is not part of your bottom line. This week, I'm downtown in Chicago at the Private Equity Healthcare Conference. And that is a bunch of private equity companies who have assembled in Chicago to talk about the different segments of the healthcare business that they are interested in. That's what's really at risk here, that if health systems aren't willing to enter into some of these conversations about partnership, there are plenty of others who will happily have those conversations. The reality of the space is, even though we talk about the shift from the hospital to an ASC representing, you know, a decrease in revenue overall, you get paid less in the ASC typically than you do in the hospital, certainly the commercial payers, the hospitals look at that and say, well, that's not a profitable business or it's not going to be as profitable. But all of this private equity activity suggests the exact opposite. They see opportunities to make money in the space. The physician groups see an opportunity to make money. You've got this odd dynamic where the hospital says this is a loser in terms of an opportunity for us to pursue. And you've got the other side saying this is an absolute no-brainer. We've got tailwinds in our favor here. All the payers are supporting this. The employers want this. Patients want this. We at SG2 show growth in terms of certainly the outpatient area. All signs are pointing to you better get on this bus from an ASC standpoint or figure out how to make it work. Otherwise, you're going to lose it. That's a really interesting perspective with the private equity and that tension there. One of the things that I know we've talked about, too, is that for health systems, that is important to think about in this context, knowing that there is revenue loss this value-based care piece, right? How does this fit into your value-based care strategy? And that seems to be a little bit at odds with this investment from private equity, which is all about, okay, there's a lot of revenue here. What's the tension there? How do those two play out? Fundamentally, it's a cost issue. The total cost of care can be decreased as you move procedures from the hospital to an outpatient freestanding site. And the payers know this. If you're in a value-based or risk-based arrangement, just the fact of managing those site of care shifts, you'll lower the total cost of care, even if the outcomes are no different. That's the brutal reality. And I think, Jamie, those two may not be at odds, even though they may seem that way on the surface. When you're at these conferences and you listen to private equity, certainly they are looking for opportunities to make a return on their investment. That is always their first and going concern. But What they are very good at doing is identifying trends and going after instances where they see opportunity because of a new business model, meaning they could come in and do it differently than the established players and have an advantage. They actually talk about risk as a new business model and a place where they think they can have an advantage if they can put the pieces together correctly. They don't see those as at odds. In some ways, they're betting that risk takes hold and having investments in these lower cost sites, in fact, positions them really well. So given this landscape, given these challenges and the things that are keeping our health system leaders up at night, what are the things that health system leaders should be doing to better get on this accelerating train and this ambulatory shift? It's probably not a whole lot different than 
successful philosophies that health system leaders have taken with their physicians in the past? How do you work with the physicians as partners? And how do you create some win-win outcomes? More often than not with the proceduralists, that's going to start to steer towards how do we work with our surgeons to develop ASC strategies that are collaborative. We don't want the surgeons to splinter off and be completely independent. That's going to create a whole set of other issues. You still want them to support the hospital where you need the support and frankly, where they see the benefit of using the hospital site of service. So it's fundamentally looking at this as a partnership opportunity, not a threat. We need to all get on the same page so we can move forward in the ways Mike is describing. We can lay out a path for what is our approach and our desire in the ambulatory space. Who are the folks we want to prioritize as partners? And so as we go through each week, we've anchored this in giving folks some information and also giving them back data in an actionable data-anchored tool. First of all, let's understand what's shifting specialty by specialty, service line by service line, procedure by procedure. What's really at risk to move? Let's make sure everybody's really clear about that. And there are some nuances depending on your market that might drive why some things move faster than in other places. And let's help you sort of tease those out. And then really digging into some of the financials. Part of what's been hard for health systems is that we know we are reimbursed less in these ambulatory sites. When we are anchored in the current business model of today, of course, we would want to optimize that higher reimbursement. Of course, we would want to support and prioritize inpatient care. But if we acknowledge this new business model is here, let's take a look at the degree of that financial risk. And let's let that drive some of our decisions about what we're willing to do differently than we've done in the past. Thank you, Jennifer. You know, Mike, you mentioned some of the things that you can do as a health system to be an attractive partner to physicians, but where are some of the health systems stumbling in these physician partnership arrangements? They're stumbling with the fundamental shift in control that some of this represents. There's an advantage of having complete oversight over the full continuum of care. There's a ton of advantage to be gained when you can secure that. When you start to look at a partnership model, now all of a sudden that control changes. How you make decisions is fundamentally different. And some of that integration potentially may be sacrificed that you had before. There's some things that are just are legitimate challenges for our health system leaders when they look at this. We're going to get into this with the accelerator. This is not an easy answer. The path that our clients are going to go down. They're going to have to make some tough decisions. We know that. We understand those issues. The reality of being nimble to move and grow in the ambulatory surgery space is ultimately going to help them secure the inpatient. Backfill, to your point, I think, I don't think you're going to see winners and losers when it comes to inpatient. And it's going to be even more dramatic as these surgical procedures move outpatient because some hospitals are going to be far more relevant. Jennifer, you mentioned the AMCs, I mean, I think the AMCs are well positioned, but that's not a slam dunk that they're going to get that volume. They're going to face competition from tertiary medical centers that are going to ramp up their capacity, their abilities to, to backfill. That's going to be highly competitive. But, and then you're going to see some hospitals completely fail in their ability to provide any surgical scope of service. And that's going to dramatically change the landscape for what a community hospital might look like in a market. What Mike's describing with these challenges and where they could stumble is that idea of control, getting comfortable with 
letting go at least a little bit, right? I don't know that our health systems always have strong track records. Some of them don't in terms of how they've managed through partnerships. And that idea that you don't make all the decisions is a tough one. That is sort of a call to action for our most senior leaders to set the tone for believing that partnership is important here and committing to taking the time and doing the communication to make that work. It's a time-consuming process. That is maybe one of the fundamental outcomes for the alignment part of this accelerator. Can you create a competitive advantage by doing something different? Can a partnership elevate your position in the market? Is there something to be gained? We know what will happen if you try to control everything and own it and manage that pace to the best interest of your current financial situation. Someone will likely come into your market and try to compete with you and try to disrupt that. Or the payers will try to steer volume away from you. We know the tactics of more of a status quo approach. And then the question will be, can you effectively mitigate that or not? If you have something to be gained, doing something different could be really valuable. A lot of great concepts and insights for what's happening right now. As we look forward, because we at SG2 like to look at the future, right? What does the ambulatory market look like in 10 years? How much of it has changed from where it is today? This shift is going to really challenge a lot of community hospitals across the country. They don't have enough of the high margin services to offset the investment that they make in providing general acute care to the communities that they serve. We saw this in COVID when we cut elective surgeries. The red ink just started to flow dramatically. It was a huge shock to the financial performance of almost every organization, but particularly community hospitals. The CFOs know this, they understand the threat, and yet we're going to see shift away from these community hospitals regardless. And so the question is, how do you adjust and reposition the role of the hospital? And maybe in a more challenging way, can the hospital exist in its current form in that community. As you move up to the tertiary and academic medical centers, it's going to be easier to adjust to some of the shift. There's better opportunities to backfill and expand certain services and capture share. What does the ambulatory market look like in 10 years? If hospitals aren't open to considering a new way of doing things, it's completely feasible. You could have well-organized, large physician groups who really own more of that low acuity care in particular markets. There's some markets today where large supergroups really own and direct the care that is happening that is non-acute. We could absolutely see more of that. The money that's coming in will allow them to grow and put the infrastructure in to make some of that happen. Now is the time for hospitals to decide that if they are serious about being a community asset and providing not just sick, but a full range of care, that includes all manner of ambulatory care. And some of that is moving outside of the hospital. So what are the right ways and places in which we should be providing that care and who can we work with to best do that? It's just a new way of approaching things. And that day has finally dawned. As we close out, parting thoughts here, what questions would you ask health system leaders, so the CEOs of hospitals, what should they be asking their organizations? What do you tell them that they should be doing to look internal to their organizations to better position themselves moving forward? It's two things. What's the level of risk that we have in this shift to the ASC space? And based on our risk, what's our plan 
to mitigate what we stand to potentially lose here. That's ultimately what the data will show and a lot of the outputs that we're going to tackle with this accelerator. Yeah, Jamie, I would encourage them to look at their team and ask who's ready to roll up their sleeves. This is a tricky topic and things get messy fast. So we're going to dive in in this six-week accelerator and give folks some insights to allow them to start having these tough conversations. The other thing I might add in there for leaders is that now is a good time to take a look at the structure of the organization. We've seen some organizations do this already, but really taking a look at how the health system organizes itself and where ambulatory fits as a business. Sometimes in the past, we've made some missteps in terms of where that part of the organization sits and reports up. I would expect we might see some org chart changes once all the dust settles on what does this new ambulatory venture look like for us? How do we manage that? How do we run it? That was a great note to end on. Thank you again, Mike and Jennifer, for sharing your time, your insights, and those thought-provoking questions. Thank you for listening to SG2 Perspectives. As always, I really value your feedback, input, comments, and ideas for episodes. And you can reach us at sg2perspectives at sg2.com. Additionally, I recommend that you check out some of the other Vizient podcasts, which cover a range of clinical and operational areas. Those can be found at vizientinc.com backslash podcasts.